This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Kellen, you've been away for uh, about a week now, and you're back, so I assume we've got a lot to talk about. I think so, yeah. I was with my sister, who just had a baby, and um, helping her out and her family, and now I'm back. Well, I know they surely loved having you there, and I'm sure it was good to see them. It was great. Uh, glad you're back in Highlands. Um, I, one of the things that is on my mind is, what do we do about online worship? I think we should provide just a little bit of backdrop. Yeah, here's a little bit of backdrop. Historically, uh, our church has uh, broadcasted Sunday morning worship. Um, And then kind of once the pandemic hit, we tried to find more ways like this podcast um, to reach people digitally uh, so that we could stay connected despite um, our desire or because of our desire uh, to be safe and keep folks healthy. And recently, there are a couple of really sort of provocative op-ed pieces in the New York Times, one being that churches should stop um, offering online worship, and then there was a whole lot of chatter about that, and then there was another op-ed with various opinions about online worship, So if you're an Episcopal priest or a pastor of any tradition right now, you're kind of like thinking about online worship and whether or not we keep continuing to offer that um, to folks. And Kellen, between the two of us, we've seen that that particular piece kicked around by our colleagues a number of times and people have asked, what do you think about it, right? Yeah, and pretty much everyone that I've seen has said we're going to continue to offer online worship. Yeah, so I'm I think it's a I think it's a real question and I think we need to be serious about why we would continue to offer worship online. Don't you, Kellen? Yes. So the first thing I want to say is that uh, the Church of the Incarnation has offered online worship Uh, historically for the sake of some of our seasonal members so that they can check in from time to time on, you know, things at the church. But I want to be really clear about this. Um, I think that all of our seasonal people attend other churches when they're not in Highlands. And I think that's a great thing. I think if they're not here, my hope for them as their pastor would be that they would be uh, fully committed and plugged in to uh, the the local church wherever they find themselves. So one of the reasons, obviously, we've offered online worship is for that, but there's been a whole host of um, new populations that have gone online, right, to church ever since the pandemic, pandemic began, and um, and folks who have stayed online because they're worried about their health um, or they can't make it to church because they're homebound, but now they have this wonderful opportunity to participate somewhat in worship through um, broadcasting. So I think it's a valid question that the church does need to ask, like, are we going to continue to offer this online? Um, Is that a crutch to people who might come back but 
and aren't coming back because they can sit in their pajamas on their couch? Or is it actually a really helpful ministry um, to reach other groups of people, individuals that we may not be able to reach in Highlands, North Carolina? I had someone come up to me a couple of months ago and say, oh, it's really great to see you in person and not just online. And I thought, I don't know that I believe you. (laughs) Are you really checking in online and are you not coming to church because of the pandemic or because you've gotten out of the pattern? And I say this because, look, I'm like a preacher right now pointing my finger, which I'm comfortable doing from time to time. You know, folks are, as a rule, generally speaking, going out uh, to restaurants at this point. Uh, kids are back in school. So I think the question's there. And I and I, I think you're absolutely right, Kellen. How can the church reach out to folks who, for really um, good reason, cannot make it? But then also, how are we mindful about not, to your point, creating this crutch or this kind of false sense and I and I'm I'm curious what you think about this I mean over the course of the pandemic we have said other churches have said join us in for worship in person or online kind of suggesting that they're equal um, experiences or 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 um, the same thing it's just you've got a choice right but certainly that's not something we want to say indefinitely that there are two ways to engage a church community. One's in person and one's online. Up to you to pick as the consumer. I, that's, I don't know, that's kind of what I'm chewing on. And I can't do this no more I'm pulling myself up off the floor And if I'm not plugged in, you're not coming in Cause I don't need another chore to do Yeah, yeah I'm an analog man with a digital case of you. Sign me off now, sign me off. Write me off now before I'm gone. And if I keep plugged in, you keep coming in. And maybe I need something new. I'm an analog man with a digital case of you. Oh, I love you through the wire if the wire is strong. Cause a cool cable crumbles when this wire gets long. And I say I know it, you know it, I say hey. It's like digital, non digital, digital love. I think for the folks who do faithfully show up online, who sit there and watch it and prayerfully participate, Um, in all the ways that they possibly can through a screen. Um, I think that there has been meaning and connection and the word of God spoken to them that way. I have to believe that. Um, Otherwise, like, what have we been doing for the last two years? And and, And I would say, like, also good on those people because I don't know that I have the spiritual discipline to to do that. Um... And so I'm with you, Kellen, for the folks that have stayed committed, and and some still are, uh, waiting for this pandemic to kind of die out. Well done, um, because it it takes it takes a great deal of discipline, I think, to do that kind of thing. So for 
those folks who have been faithful, who still can't come back to church because of their health or their, um, yeah, precautions around COVID. I just want to say, like, we understand. We totally get that. And I think as long as COVID numbers are surging and high, like they are offering an online um, portal into worship is really necessary and helpful to the body of Christ. Can I pick your brain about something? This is just a me being silly, imagining something. Uh, if if online worship is something that we think is important for our church to have kind of forever, um, wouldn't it make sense to have like one online cathedral per diocese and just say, or, or one church in particular? That, because the whole point is that you don't need to actually physically be anywhere. So if you just had one church, be it the cathedral or whatever, uh, represent the kind of online community of the diocese, maybe that's an option. That's a really, really fascinating proposal. I immediately like like it. It's kind of interesting. It's a way of... Um, giving small churches a break from having to do everything when you're like a solo priest and you're trying to manage all sorts of things simultaneously. That's exhausting. Like priests are tired of doing that. Lay people are tired of managing, you know, online systems. I totally get it. Well, and and I think to this point, Kellen, is like our parishioners, you know, see what's happening at the Washington National Cathedral or St. Thomas Fifth Avenue, et cetera. And then they kind of flip on the local news channel, like right, the little church in the woods, and the production quality just will not be what you get at Washington Cathedral. The quality in general. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And so the quality in general, right? So why not have a handful of online cathedrals? I think if I had been a faithful online worshiper, which I haven't been, um, because I'm a priest and needed to like run liturgies in the actual space of the nave so we could stream them. I would like the connection of seeing people I know. Like I totally under, like I totally get it. The production quality in local communities is pretty terrible for the most part. It's getting better. Um but but at this there's point there's something about yeah. knowing even if it's the back of their head. Yeah, maybe. I think it's probably nice to see friends and your priest who knows you. Um, I, I would think that would make up for some of the sadness of the production quality. Well, obviously, uh, we've got two priests right here that think it's technology's helpful. Um, we wouldn't have done this podcast if not for the pandemic and trying to respond to this separation. Um, so certainly what I don't want to be have communicated is that somehow, you know, we're against or I'm against technology. I think it's enormously helpful, uh, but it has limits. And I just, I think we need to be, like I said earlier, serious about what message we try to communicate with our congregations in the future once once we figure out where we're going to be um, moving forward, um, what we want to communicate in terms of expectations related to a Christian community 
and and what that might require. I just hope and think that people who want to be at church are going to come to church, right? They're going to they're going to realize like worshiping online is a substitute for a time and like hopefully they're longing to receive the Eucharist and to like kiss someone's cheek and to have someone touch their back, right? And to kneel and sing all of those things. Um, I think like embodied liturgy, embodied community will always win out. I hope you're right. And I think you are right. And um, God knows that I'm looking forward to the day when most of us understand that and are back together and and um, on the other side of some of this. We came here, creation grown is crying out for God Every night when stars come out I hear creation song And it sings, oh, oh, oh Lord And we sing, oh, 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 Lord You are light and you are love You are flesh and All right, this coming Sunday, we are looking at the sixth chapter of Luke, and in it, we get uh, what is some ki- sometimes referred to as Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. Uh, here, he is preaching to the apostles, and he offers uh, the Beatitudes, so a number of blessings. Blessed are you who are poor, who are hungry, who weep now. Um, and he goes on, but in addition to that, he also offers a handful of woes. Uh, Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now. Woe to you who are laughing. Um, So it's a provocative sermon. um, And I'm curious, Kellen, how you will preach uh, about Jesus's preaching. I'm just sort of struck by the way Luke always sort of makes sharp corners out of things. Uh, His Beatitudes are... So much more intense in some ways. Than Matthews. Yeah. And and probably because the addition of the woes, right? You have um, not only this acknowledgement that blessed are the poor and the meek and peacemakers, um, the sort of like affirmative um, notion, but you have this really cutting um, word to any of us who are rich and well-fed, popular and happy. Um, and I am, I'm just sort of sitting with that sharp word right now. I don't actually know how it will preach yet. Well, the good news, Kellen, is that you have a number of other options on Sunday, uh, readings to preach about or from one of the things about the Beatitudes more generally that's kind of in my mind is that oftentimes I think when we read it, 
we assume that those blessings, those beatitudes, are talking about some other group of people. And maybe this is related to the woes a bit. Um, We assume that the poor um, or those who weep or those who struggle, uh, etc., it's that Jesus is talking about someone else. But of course, Jesus is talking to the apostles, and the Beatitudes are a description of what your life might look like, will look like, if you follow Jesus. Um, and so it's just a kind of, it makes the preaching even sharper, uh, because it's not talking about some guy down the road who's poor and that God's going to bless them, though it might be. It's 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 really talking directly to the apostles and saying, this is what your life looks like because you follow me. And um, it gives, I guess to your point, it makes it all the sharper. Something I noticed, which I think has to do with what you just said, Bentley, is that in the prayer book, one of the options for um, a celebration of a marriage is the Beatitudes. I think they're the Beatitudes from Matthew, but still it's this kind of, um, it's an option for the beginning of your joint life together as a married couple. And I've always kind of wondered like, huh, like why are the Beatitudes a good text for a marriage liturgy? It's a wonderful question, and I think it kind of maybe unlocks the gospel reading a bit. Um, I think certainly life together, life committed to another person, requires um, sacrifice, and it requires uh, that we change. Um, and I think I think the Beatitudes uh, offer to us um, a word of hope that that sacrifice and that commitment to another uh, will be a blessing. And um, that's a wonderful word. self-offering by Saint Ignatius of Loyola. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and possess. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. All is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen.
All right, podcast people, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Empty Pews. Always a gift to be with you. Uh, In the week ahead, know that we have a Bible study on Tuesdays at 1030. Um, Speaking of folks coming back to church, we have a wonderful group that joins us in person. And we also have a handful of folks that are still joining on Zoom. But it's a great way to be together to study scripture. So encourage you to be with us for that. We're studying chapters 9 and 11 of the book of Isaiah for this coming Tuesday. Um, Yeah, and I think you should just put on your calendars now in case, you know, we don't get a podcast out, which I think we will. Uh, Ash Wednesday is March 2nd, and we'll offer services at noon and 5 p.m. In the meantime, know that we love you. We miss you. God's peace. Peace.